Hi, need a ride? Hop on in. I'm headed to Julia's Trucking Cafe. Come on, let's go. We made it just in time. Come on, let's go get a seat. Hey everybody, welcome to Julia's Trucker Cafe. You have a seat? Perfect. Everybody get something to drink? Great. Now just sit back and enjoy the show. I have a lot of news to talk about this week. So FMCSA just released visor cards to help officers and drivers that can't figure out the ELDs, which I think is kind of funny. There's apparently so much confusion about the proper use of ELDs out there in the trucking and the law enforcement community that federal authorities were forced to put together a graphic instructional guide. The new visor card released by the FMCSA offers troubleshooting tips for both truckers and safety officers who need to navigate through a complicated web of technological devices to share a driver's ELD information. Some helpful tips include that if all else fails... During your attempt to share your electronic data with a safety officer, just print out your logs on paper or show your device's screen to the officer. If you're having trouble viewing the visor card, they have a link to it here in the article that I will post in the show notes. FMCSA says that this guide is meant to be printed out and kept under the visor of the truck in case any data transfer trouble should arise. The agency also warns that the graphic chart is not intended to replace proper training on the use of ELDs. Since the ELD mandate went into effect in December of 2017, and into full enforcement April of this year, there have been a number of other problems reported within the trucking industry with the quote-unquote electronic aspect of the electronic logging devices. These problems include confusion about whether a device is an ELD or an older automatic onboard recording device, an AOBRD, along with problems with vendors who struggle to supply devices that comply with the hastily enacted federal ELD regulations. And in other news, Interstate 80 was closed after a pileup involving seven semis. This was out in Evanston, Wyoming, as you're crossing from Nebraska into Wyoming. Wyoming transportation officials were forced to close down I-80 in both directions following a chain reaction crash involving multiple semi-trucks. The crash was reported around 10 a.m. near mile marker 27 on westbound Iowa 80 near Evanston, Wyoming. This was on December 5th. The the fire and ambulance reports that seven semis and two passenger vehicles were involved in the pileup. Four people were taken to the hospital for treatment for non-life-threatening injuries. In the pictures of the scene, you could see numerous cases of Bud Light beer that spilled out from one of the trucks onto the interstate. It isn't yet clear what caused the crash 
as of writing this article, but slick roadways and limited visibility due to the snow were reported at that time. Wyoming transportation officials aren't sure when the interstate will reopen, but warn that delays of as long as eight hours are possible. If you were stuck in that, please feel free to comment if you're a listener. Um, or if you know somebody that was stuck in that pileup and you could see or let me know exactly what happened. But yeah, trucks were like side by side. Um, there's a picture of the guardrail and it looks like half a truckload of Bud Light was all over the interstate. It kept getting cold because it was in the snow. So a trucking company was busted in a $16 million interstate recycling scheme. Of course, this happened in California. California authorities say that they have arrested three people after uncovering a trucking company's multi-million dollar recycling fraud scheme. In the picture, you could see SWAT and everybody there. On the 3rd of December... California Department of Justice, DOJ, announced that they arrested three trucking company operators and a truck driver and a suspected broker on charges of recycling fraud, conspiracy, and grand theft for their alleged role in a massive recycling fraud ring. These arrests came after a five-month investigation during which California officials teamed up with Arizona Department of Public Safety to investigate suspected criminal activity conducted by this Bustilios Trucking. Authorities say that for three years, this trucking company and their operators brought containers from beverages sold in Arizona across state lines into California to be redeemed as part of California's beverage container recycling program. But that only accepts beverage containers from the drinks that were purchased in California. You can't take them across state lines. The recycling program pays out five to 10 cents per bottle or can that's eligible. And over the course of three years, investigators say that this trucking company helped rake in a total of $16.1 million for five to, that's a lot of bottles and cans. Holy mackerel. The truck drivers hauling the smuggled recycle, smuggled recyclables. Oh God, get a load of that. <laughs> reportedly went out of their way to avoid stopping at way stations. In other words, people, they ran around the scales. Yes! I didn't say that, did I? Just like the old days. During the arrest of the three men at a collection yard in Phoenix, authorities seized 27,860 pounds of empty bottles and cans that could have been redeemed for an estimated $41,836.80. Eight of the company's truck drivers were already arrested back in April on charges related to the smuggling ring, including felony recycling fraud, conspiracy, and attempted grand theft. The California DOJ says Bustilio's Trucking was created specifically to conduct recycling fraud. And there's a video at the bottom of this article that, again, I'll be posted in the show notes. Interstate 5 in California was shut down Grapevine, after snow and ice leads to multiple accidents, and you'll never guess what they called the operation. It is so apropos.
Meaning appropriate. Operation Snowflake! <laughs> that is pretty funny. The California Highway Patrol says that I-5 over the grapevine was shut down until further no notice after heavy snow and ice resulted in multiple crashes. This happened on December 6th. At 10 a.m., on Thursday, December 6th, California Highway Patrol issued a warning dubbed Operation Snowflake, quote-unquote, I'm sorry, I just have to chuckle on that one, <laughs> which informs drivers that I-5 is closed northbound at Baker Road in Castaic and southbound at the base of Grapevine for an unknown duration. Chip is reporting multiple crashes involving both semi-trucks and passenger vehicles. It wasn't clear at this time whether there were any injuries. Uh, grapevine closure comes as winter storm Diego is starting its destructive cross-country trek. Uh, the same storms estimate make travel difficult or impossible at several major interstates in the southern plains over the weekend. That was, you know, last weekend where I hit North Carolina and, and everything. Um, and then later on that day, after 3 p.m., both northbound and southbound lanes on I-5 were reopened. Freightliner Peterbilt, Kenworth, and Volvo semi-trucks under numerous recall and dangerous defects were discovered in all of them. Numerous... Recently discovered and potentially dangerous defects have forced transportation officials to issue several recalls affecting thousands of trucks. Freightliner Cascadia airbags could deploy unexpectedly, causing a crash is the latest recall. The largest single recall is for almost 3,000 Freightliner Cascadia's manufactured between May 17, 2016 and November 5, 2018. These trucks could have a defect that could cause the driver's side airbag to deploy unintentionally, which in turn could cause injury to the truck driver or even cause a crash. Daimler Trucks North America hasn't yet figured out why the airbags could deploy unexpectedly, but starting in January of 2019, they will notify truck owners about the defect, and dealerships will modify the wiring leading to the steering wheel clock spring to fix the issue. This recall impacts 2,894 trucks. If you have any questions about the recall, you could call Daimler Customer Service at 1-800-547-0712 and reference recall number FL800. That's Daimler Customer Service at 1-800-547-0712 and reference recall number F as in Frank, L as in Larry, 800. Kenworth and Peterbilt are missing reflex reflectors that could cause a crash. Over 1,600 pack car manufactured trucks have been recalled for missing reflex reflectors that could reduce the vehicle's visibility to other drivers and increase the risk of a crash. This recall affects certain 2013 to 2019 Kenworth T680 and T880, and Peterbilt 579 trucks. These vehicles are equipped with side extender mounted intermediate marker lamp slash turn signals that do not include a reflex reflector. 
according to the recall notice. Again, that's the vehicles are equipped with the side extenders, or I would think cab extender. There is a marker lap on the turn signal on the bottom of those extenders that does not include the reflector. 1,619 trucks are affected by this recall. This recall is set to begin in February of 2019, and the dealers will remedy the defect by installing, quote-unquote, reflex, reflex, reflective tape free of charge. They sell that stuff in the truck stop. You can do it yourself, and you wouldn't have to be down to take it to the dealer. If you have any questions about this recall, you may contact Packcar Customer Service at 1-918-259-3258. Again, that's Packcar Customer Service at 1-918-259-3258 and reference recall numbers 18KWF and 18PBC. Mack and Volvo, rapid tire air loss could cause trucks to crash. Mack trucks and Volvo trucks are issuing recalls for over 900 trucks equipped with Bridgestone M854 tires, according to the recall notice. The sidewall, steel body cords of the tires may be exposed, possibly causing unexpected rapid air loss while driving. This, in turn, increases the risk of a crash. I believe I have reported on this recall before. Some of these are redundant, but it's always good to refresh your memory to make sure that you check with the dealer if you happen to have one of these type of trucks to make sure that your truck isn't involved in this recall. And a few months back, if you all remember, I reported on a real bad wreck on the Chesapeake Bay Bridge Tunnel, which happened, I believe it was around July. And a truck driver and his passenger lost his life after he hit a van and then plummeted off the bridge. Well, guess what? The toxicology report of the truck driver and his passenger came back. And uh, this was reported on December 8th. After he crashed, the truck driver, who was 32 years old, Jervon Rakeem Hall, and his passenger, Christopher Fenner, 29, were traveling southbound on the Chesapeake Bay Bridge Tunnel near mile marker 12 when their truck collided with a van, sending the semi, you know, truck over the bridge, careening over the bridge. And both... They both died in the crash. Uh, The four people in the van suffered only minor injuries, thank goodness. Um, The toxicology report found the substances that uh, was in Hall's system, and he was the driver, to contain cocaine, benzoglyconin, methamphetamine, amphetamine, epidrine, pseudoephedrine, and THC or smoking pot. The report also stated that medical examiners found a pouch containing syringes, a white powder, and a lighter in Hall's pocket during the autopsy. Police say that heavy rainfall and Hall following too closely also contributed to the double fatality crash. His BAC was 0.062, which for driving a commercial vehicle is over the legal limit. So it would be like 0.06, and I I think it's like 0.02, or maybe 0.04. I'm not 100% sure. I'll have to research that. But when I can, I like to update these kind of stories. 
So this is an update to this story that I would think back in the day, this kind of mixture in his system was called an eight ball. One of you old truckers that are listening to the show, correct me if I'm wrong, but way back in the 70s, they used to give drivers an eight ball, a speed ball, to have them do from New York to LA turnaround. This episode of Julia's Truck and Cafe is brought to you by Julia's Virtual Assistant Service. Have you ever thought about hiring a virtual assistant? Do you even know what a virtual assistant is? Well, may I suggest to you contact Julia's Virtual Assistant Service to find out how they can help you and your business. Do you have things that you hate doing? Are you an owner-operator and have receipts that you have to turn into your accountant? Well, hand them over to Julia's Virtual Assistant Service and concentrate on the things that you enjoy doing. From basic web design, social media marketing, bookkeeping, to transcription, Julia's Virtual Assistant Service can help you and your business with the things that you hate doing. Any task that you have, hand it over to them. Contact Julia's Virtual Assistant Service today by going to their website at juliasvaservice.com. That's juliasvaservice.com, juliasvaservice.com. And if you look over the website and you have a question, please go to their contact page and shoot them an email. And I know they'll respond within 24 hours to any question that you may have. So back to the news. Two are reported dead after a crash between a semi and a school bus on I-74 near Bloomington. Two people were confirmed dead after a semi-tractor trailer collided head-on with a school bus on I-74 on December 5th. From what a another trucker friend of mine told me, it was doesn't make any difference. I mean, a semi-truck is a semi-truck, but it was a bullwagon. That was empty. Uh, the Normal West High School Junior Varsity Girls basketball team was on their way back from an away game in Champaign, their athletic director said. Police said the driver of the semi was going the wrong way on I-74 when it collided with the bus. The crash happened near Downs, Illinois, about 140 miles southeast of the Quad Cities. And it's just, there again, it was just east of Bloomington. The semi was traveling eastbound in the westbound lanes when it hit the bus, according to a statement from the Illinois police. They confirmed the driver of the semi, a 34-year-old from Iowa, and a passenger on the bus, 72-year-old from Normal, died. The bus driver was identified as Charlie Crabtree. The semi driver was identified as Ryan E. Hoot from Delmar, Iowa. H-U-T-E, I'm sorry if I mispronounced that. It was unclear why his semi was traveling the wrong direction or whether he was wearing a seatbelt. The local TV station also reported that the eight girls on the bus were listed in stable condition and have left the hospital. The coach, Steve Price, was on his way to recovery as well. He had many broken bones and was expected to undergo surgery on last week Thursday. The officer said that I-74 was closed in that area for several hours. Westbound traffic was being rerouted to exit 142, getting off at Downs and redirected onto 150 into Bloomington. Uh, Eastbound traffic was still moving with one lane closed. A truck driver can't park at home after the town that he lives in bans overnight truck parking. 
they don't want to hear all the racket in the, you know, in the neighborhood. People are getting really offended by that. So city officials in a North Carolina town recently voted to ban trucks from parking on residential roads overnight, a move that could cost one local truck driver his job. Uh, Last month, council members in the town of Murfreesboro, North Carolina, approved an ordinance that bans trucks from parking overnight on residential streets. The ordinance reads, no truck defined as a motor vehicle with dual wheels and three or more axles and or any trailer pulled by such motor vehicle shall be parked in the streets controlled by the town in any neighborhood zoned residential except for the purpose of loading and unloading and in any event not overnight in bold each day shall constitute a separate offense citations for violating the parking ban will be $50 a day. At the council meeting only one person stood up to oppose the overnight truck parking ban. Trucker Miguel Turner. Turner told the council members that he has parked his truck on the street in front of his home for the past five years without any complaints. I'm a truck driver. That is how I make my living. That's how I take care of my family, Turner told the council. He explained that because he lives an hour away from where his company is headquartered, he would likely lose his job if he is no longer able to park his truck at his home. Turner admitted that there were some irresponsible drivers out there, quote unquote, but urged the council not to punish all truck drivers within the city. Soon after Turner spoke, the council voted to approve the ordinance. In other words, they didn't hear him. They didn't listen to him. They didn't care. They say that they'll give truck drivers 30 days before they start enforcing the overnight parking ban. This summer, nearby t- North Carolina town of Rocky Mount passed a similar ordinance forbidding truck parking on any residential property within the town, meaning that truck drivers are banned from parking their trucks at their own homes. And the top story, a truck driver is lucky to be alive after a boulder falls on his truck. An Alaskan truck driver is lucky to be alive after a close call with a boulder during the major earthquake. On Friday, November 30th, Craig Maddox was driving on the Seaward Highway after making a delivery in Kenai, Alaska. Maddox said he started to notice smaller rocks falling on the highway just before the earthquake, but thought little of it. However, when the full force of the 7.0 magnitude earthquake had hit, there was little time for him to react. The earthquake dislodged numerous large rocks and caused a landslide, sending them crashing down on Seaward Highway and his semi-truck. With nowhere to go, Maddox was forced to watch helplessly as a huge, large boulder hit and demolished the passenger side of his truck. When they say demolished, they are being pretty, I don't uh, exaggerating. There again, I just don't. This is from CDL Life. They like to exaggerate. They like to blow things out of proportion. When you look at the picture, I've seen worse when a truck got backed into than what this rock did. It took out the air cleaner. It took out his passenger window. It did crumple crumple the passenger, you know, door. Took out the windshield. It did lodge between the hood and the firewall. Don't get me wrong. You know, I, he may have got severely hurt if he didn't, you know, duck or, or jump out of the way or something. Uh, when that boulder came down and hit me, it sounded like a blast going off, he said. And it was a bit hair raising, something he doesn't ever want to experience again, that's for sure. Though Maddox just came inches from being crushed to death by the heavy boulder. You see how they exaggerate? When you looked at the picture, it's not that bad. He walked away from the incident with only the smallest of injuries, two scratches on his knuckles. So if it was really horrific, um, you'd think he would have a little bit more than a couple of scratches on his knuckles. Now, like I said, granted, 
you know, it did some damage to his truck, and I'm glad he's okay. Don't get me wrong. So um, he said he did not expect to survive when he saw the boulder heading towards him. Uh, he thought he was dead. I'm just thankful. He definitely has an angel looking over his shoulder. Aside from walking away with his life, Maddox also got something else out of his brush with death, a new nickname that calling me the, the Rock Maddox, he explained, and he kind of chuckled about it. In other news, a major interstate in Birmingham is to close for the next 14 months. Starting in January of 2019, the Alabama Department of Transportation will be shutting down I-59 and 20 in the downtown Birmingham area for an estimated 14 months. During the interstate closure, the Alabama DOT will be taken down and rebuilding the bridges that carry I-59 and 20. They say that if everything goes as planned, it should reopen in March of 2020. In order to make sure that this reopening date is reached, they will find contractors for every day that the construction project completion is overdue. Um, we're asking, they're asking us to avoid downtown Birmingham, if at all possible, to take I-459. Also to take, um, you could go to 65 South, but you cannot get on where 59 and 20 intersect right in downtown across them bridges to go to 20. You'll have to take 65 South to 459 to 20 East or um, 459 around the bottom to 20 back West is the, is the best way to do it. But you cannot, you could go 65 South, but you can't um, go any any part of east or westbound on 59 and 20 right in the heart of Birmingham where all those real long bridges are. Uh, starting on December 20th, they'll start a campaign to inform the public about the interstate shutdown. Uh, they'll also be reaching out to trucking operations that will be impacted by the closure. And there again, for any more detailed information, there's a link on the bottom of the, the article that's going to be in the show notes. A load of beer goes missing. Cops find it, but not the driver. In L.A., of all places, you think? L.A. police are asking for the public to help locating a truck driver who went missing along with a truckload of beer last week. On November 30th, Turlock-based delivery company out of L.A. contacted LAPD about a missing truckload of beer, uh, kegs of beer. The delivery company told the LAPD that they hired truck driver Jose Jesus Rodriguez to pick up a load of beer kegs in Van Nuys. The LAPD says that Rodriguez completed the pickup of the beer and never completed the delivery. Over the weekend, the owner had numerous text messages sent by Rodriguez, but the semi-truck was still missing. Late in the day on Sunday, police were able to track down the truck in West San Fernando Valley. The beer kegs were still inside the truck, but Rodriguez was nowhere to be found. Police are attempting to locate Rodriguez to speak with him about the incident. He is described as a Hispanic man who is 5'7", weighing 200 pounds. He has black hair and hazel eyes. If you know anything about the incident, you're asked to call the LAPD hotline at 877-527-3247. Hopefully he is found, and he is found in good condition and not harmed. And I hate to do this for a final story, but this just happened. Um, so this is another... Uh, Top story, a truck driver suffers a fatal heart attack while trying to shovel uh, snow, uh, his semi, out of the snow. There was a lot of snow that dumped over North Carolina last weekend. This story was just uh, reported 
uh, Monday, today. Authorities in North Carolina say that a semi-truck driver has passed away as he tried to keep his rig rolling after the devastating winter storm over the weekend. After more than two feet of snow fell on parts of North Carolina, a truck driver got stuck along I-70 near the Jonesville exit around noon on Sunday. Authorities say that the truck driver got out of his truck and got to work with a shovel to try to get back on the road. He exited the tractor and trailer and was using a snow shovel to clear the snow to get him back on the road. And after he had shoveled snow for quite a while, he went into cardiac arrest. He was taken to the hospital, but he did not survive. Our prayers and thoughts are with him and his family. His name has not been released due to releasing the identity to the family first. Um, He was one of three people who lost their lives in that storm. A motorist was killed in Matthews, North Carolina, when a tree fell on his vehicle. A woman in Haywood County also died after power outages caused the machine supplying her with oxygen to fail. From midnight to 3 p.m. on Sunday, the North Carolina Highway Patrol responded to over 700 weather-related crashes and 1,892 calls for service. I greatly, greatly appreciate all of you who tune in every week to listen to me on the cafe. If you are new here to the podcast and to the cafe, if you like to scroll down to the, into the description, I have several links listed there of other places that you could find me so you don't always have to listen to the show on the website. I am glad that you do come to the website. Please look around, uh, check out Cooking in Your Truck. Also, the show notes. I list all of the articles that I speak about, talk about in the show notes. They are link, clickable links. Click on the link and it'll take you right to the article that I'm referencing in the podcast. Also, don't forget to visit the page of Stupid Things That Drivers Do if you need a good laugh during the week. I try to update those. I try to share recipes. If you have a recipe you would like to post it, I will give you kudos you want to go ahead and email it to me. My email is in under the contact section, contact page. Go ahead, feel free to email me. Please comment if you like the show, if you think I could do things better, if you think I need to have um, more laughing or be more hysterical or more sound effects or anything like that in the show. Your comments are all welcome. I read every single one. Uh, I like constructive criticism, anything to make the show better. Also, um, you could find us on iHeartRadio, YouTube, iTunes, and much more. Please like us on Facebook. And don't forget to join our discussion group at Julius Truckin Cafe Regulars. That's on Facebook. Uh, also, so you can subscribe to our email list. I have a variety of ways that um, you can listen to the show I like because not everybody does the same thing. And I will say once you subscribe to our email list, I will send you the show notes right to your inbox. This way you don't have to keep coming back to the website, which I'm glad that you do, to also review those articles that I reference in every show. In the future, I'll be having new things coming out. So if you're on the email list, you'll be top priority of finding out what's going to be new and innovative and exciting on the show. So before I forget, please feel free to leave a comment, like I said. Um, And I greatly, greatly, greatly appreciate all of my listeners. Kind of took everything, that last little part out of context, sorry. So I kind of lost my place on that. Uh, But um, I had a lot of news this week. 
Every All these articles will be listed in the show notes. And prayers are with the families of the uh, drivers that passed. And um, please stay safe out there. And until next time, keep the shiny side up and have a great week. Yeah, we got a little